0: Hey
1: everybody, this is James, and Marco, and Abil, and this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number nine. And today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11am to 6pm.
0: So if you're looking for a gift for your avid comic book fan, or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics, John is the guide to see and if you can't come in
1: person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. So today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, a couple of news items, a Halloween movie recommendation followed by a review of the new film Only the Brave. Hey, what you watching? So James, what you been watching? What have I been watching? So once again, guys, I dived a little bit deep into slasher films because I was trying to get um, ready for Halloween, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Going down the rabbit really? hole. Really? So, I feel like you've been getting ready for Halloween for like ra- three Rabbit months, hole, so. James.
1: Yeah. So I went ahead. I finished up the Friday, not Friday Thirteen, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I watched uh, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, which I believe is Freddy Six. Is he dead though? No, he comes back. <laughs> He's in your dreams. He never dies. Yeah, that was on. Uh, that was released in 1991. Um, I also watched New Nightmare, which is the kind of a final sequel for all those films before the reboot, which came out in 1994. Um, yeah, I didn't really like either one of those, truthfully. <laughs> and even though New Nightmare is supposed to be better. It was, I don't know, it was still too corny for me.
0: I I remember watching it in theaters and falling asleep.
1: I think a lot of people have seen New Nightmare, because that one kind of came out when we were more... Yeah. Well, I was only six, I think, so I obviously didn't see it, but... No, I remember seeing that, um, but on TV, I'm pretty sure. Maybe HBO. Yeah, that's the one that's kind of (laughs) like (laughs) a predecessor to Scream, in a way, uh, for Wes Craven, because it's like they are aware that the movies exist in real life. All right. And that Freddy, a demon comes in the form of Freddy. So that's how they kind of do the twist on it. Yeah. But um, yeah, not really, not really my jam. I've overall, Marco, to tell you the truth, between the two, I've kind of liked Friday the Thirteenth a lot better after seeing these ones too. Now
0: they're way more fun. Yeah, they're, they're more just fun. Way more fun. Really? Really? I think the whole yeah. dream thing.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. The dream thing gets kind of kind of burns you out after the like second movie. You're like, okay.
0: I get it. This, I th- this is gonna sound weird, but I think what also does it for Friday the Thirteenth is the fact that Jason doesn't talk.
1: Yeah, that's it's probably amazing. no, no. You're right. That probably works out too, because man, Friday can get fucking annoying,
0: dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, shut the fuck up already. He's always doing different kind of quips. Oh, all the time. It's yeah. all it's all one liners for that show right. or the
1: movie, and it's um, it gets kind of like super corny sometimes.
0: Yeah, like if you've ever seen Rick and Morty and seen the Scary Terry episode, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's just good. that like they it's it's identical. Like I've only seen, I rewatched the first Nightmare in Elm Street. The first movie. one's the best though. Yeah, and uh, even then he's just like throwing one liners. I'm like, oh, it's it's yeah, scary, scary.
1: He's, he's not as bad. Come here, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he's not as bad in that one, but like as they go along, it just gets like worse and worse. I think, but um, yeah, I watched those. Um, Movie-wise, on the other two movies I watched, uh, I watched Halloween and Halloween 2 as well.
0: Um, Mm.
1: Those are great, man. Mm. I think 1 and 2 work out so well together. So So 2 is
0: actually pretty good?
1: Yeah, I like like 2. So out of the three franchises that you've seen so far, (laughs) which one do you like? Because those Um. are like the slasher franchises right there. It's hard to say, man, because... Halloween I haven't watched all of them yet. Yeah. I'm on the third one right right now. So um between all of them I'd say I think Friday thirteenth maybe is the one that I enjoyed the most. Even though even 10 movies into that, you know, you, there's not a lot left after Jason that. X, no, best one. Jason X. Yeah. Wait, which <laughs> Jason X sucks so bad, dude. Oh my He's in God. space, James.
0: Dude, just watching the trailer of that thing. Re- YouTube the trailer, dude. Yeah, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Well, that was the writers all together. Like, what if it was in
1: space? <laughs> the
0: guys like Jerry, we're going with it. Um, no, uh, so which one is the goriest? Because I feel like Friday the 13th is pretty gory. Well I would the first the first the, fir- the first few ones. I'd say one through four. Nightmare on Elm Street maybe one wise, through five. Between
1: the two well, between those two. Oh man, that's a good question. Cause really it depends on which movie it is. I think Friday 13th is courier. Really? Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street still has that scene where Johnny Depp is like exploding from the ceiling and so much the blood, blood goes everywhere. But past that oh, first yeah. movie, there's, there's they tone has it a benefit, down a ton. Really? Like even in the Friday thirteenth, they start toning it down a bit. Yeah, exactly. Some I, like, kills I, after like...
0: after about like, I want to say after four or five, they start toning it down. So it, it depends. Then I don't know where like uh, Jason goes to Manhattan. Then
1: he punches a motherfucker's head off. You know, <laughs> 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 guys trying to fucking box. Hey, me. hey,
0: it made for a really good kill move in the video game. Okay, oh, it does. Yeah, it does.
1: TV wise, I want to talk about the gifted. I had it edited out of last. A <laughs> little last pod because I went on for like 17 minutes. Shut f- the fuck up. He minutes. loved it. Uh, the Gifted is awesome, by the way, guys. So this is like a rehash for Marco and Bill, <laughs> but for everyone else, is brand new baby. So it's based on the Fox X-Men movies. It actually takes place in the same universe. And it's about a family that's on the run after they find out their two kids have mutant abilities. And uh, the last episode that just aired was really, really good. I really like the the show. It's really it's going in the, a good direction, and it it's like it takes place in the
0: somewhat future after the X Men have kind of like disappeared. So so does it connect to the new movies or to Lo, uh, not Logan? Um... If anything, it's like before Logan. Okay. So it's probably in a like
1: way. last stand to like Wolverine. Yeah,
0: they kind of they they don't quite specify, it, which is kind of good though. of Stand Last with the with for the first class series. They they did because yeah. they fixed it, right? right? Fixed it. <laughs> but that
1: was like the latest film in the timeline next to Logan and Wolverine. Outside right? of like a new one coming out of course, but I right. um I don't know. They keep it kind of um mysterious for you like, well, it's it's set in the universe like cuz they've dropped hints about the X-Men and like the Brotherhood, which is pretty cool. Oh, sweet. Um okay. outside of that, I also watched Walking Dead even though I said I wasn't going to watch it. And
0: okay, I'm kind of guilty of that too. <laughs> I,
1: I think Marco it. and I talked about <laughs> it and he and he said the best like the perfect quote for it. Um he said, "I think I feel like we've seen this um
0: series <laughs> premiere the same same premiere for the last 4 years." Yeah. <laughs> man, I got to agree. <laughs> Dude, if you haven't seen it, you're not missing much. It's it's basically the same shit. They the group does some badass shit. There's a lot of setup for some fucking battle. And, and Rick by, some, by the way, Rick if you don't has want to, some monologue. Yeah. Rick has some fucking monologue. Only this time he's joined by like three other people. Uh if you don't want any spoilers, like skip ahead like a minute or two cuz I'm going to give it away. I don't feel like there's any spoilers. They they okay, so they they go against Negan and then of course just like every season premiere, either someone dies, someone disappears, or someone gets trapped, someone gets trapped and gets kidnapped <laughs> yeah. at the same time. And then it's like someone shows up out of the shadows and then credits. <laughs> yeah. And one of two things is either going to happen. That person is either going to die or they're going to disappear for like half the fucking season. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to give it one
1: more episode, though, guys. Let's I, see. I don't know if I can, dude. Uh, I'll give it one more. I stopped watching Supergirl, too, so... Wow, you were the biggest proponent for that show. Mm, season uh, actually, one, actually, him was. and I both. Well, he did. James did get me into it. Season yeah. one, which was the good one, like we talked about last time. But yeah, I decided to take back 42 minutes of my life every week. Mm,
0: rip Supergirl. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. What uh, What about you, Marco? Uh, I finished season four of BoJack Horseman. Nice. How which I I screwed up last episode. I think and I called it season three. I but, I did. Yeah. They're, all, I, I, I thought it was all, they're all blending together, baby. <laughs> and then I realized, holy shit, this is season four. I've been calling it season three the whole fucking time. Whoops. Nobody corrected us. So no, nobody called out. They me didn't up. give a fuck either. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I gotta say, it's, a, it's an excellent. Fall to season three. It it goes deeper and uh, darker. At some points, there it's not as funny as some of the previous. Seasons, but it definitely touches on some really good themes. I remember and you
1: saying like the first episode you weren't too impressed, right?
0: Th- that is probably my one complaint. Um, I-, I was talking to um my buddy Sean about it, and he ac- he actually enjoyed the first episode because it was different. Mm-hmm. Which I do I do give credit for the fact that it 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 varies from all the other episodes where it's all the side characters and supporting characters, and they're following their storyline in this first episode but for some reason i just think that the second episode would have been a better opener for this series it because it just it leaves off right where season three ended and it it follows like bojack in this life-searching moment um and not, not to give too much away only for like him to finally like realize who he really is and just accept it and that's really what what this season follows and how like he's he calls himself out more than he's he's used to but it man so it took him four seasons <laughs> to figure because i'm well, pretty sure everybody around him will give him a well, lot of reality checks i was i was also talking to uh, another friend i'm trying to get her to like watch it she started a, a few episodes and then sort of like gave up on it and i was explaining to her that hey i, I started the same way the first season i think that they're trying to figure out what they want to do with the show. Like they're not too sure like what to do with it. And I feel like either by the end of the first season and into the second season, they know what direction they want to take right. their characters and what type of show they are. But I, I just like the fact that it follows basically a linear plot line and a, every new episode calls back previous events. That's good. So you you kind of do have to watch these episodes in order, which is what I enjoy about it. But um man, I I guarantee like almost anybody could probably connect to at least one episode or one scene or a few scenes to season four because it, it really like delves in deep as to like self-realization and like who you are and uh, makes you like really question decisions in life. But uh it's it's very good. Again, it's it's not in my opinion it's not the funniest season but I think it's definitely probably the like the deepest season if that makes sense. No it does. Yeah. I mean it's a, going deeper.
1: It's a pretty deep show I mean overall. I mean they take a lot of shots at Hollywood and a lot of the depression, a lot of the drugs, yeah. the alcohol. I mean they, they talk about a lot but try to to gloss over it a little bit and just make uh BoJack have to deal with everything all at once. <laughs> so that's part of the comic relief at the same time.
0: Strangely enough though, even though it's like a bunch of rich Hollywood actors, it's it's relatable. And they're animals. Yeah. yeah. And they're, oh, yeah. <laughs> <so you> know. <laughs> Surprise or like majority of them are talking animals. Yeah, it's weird because humans and talking animals all interact. It's one. Inter- interact in, in more ways than they're supposed show. to be. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. But um yeah, I recommend it. It's streaming on Netflix right now. Check it out. Marathon it if you're looking for something to. Something new to watch. In Twenty what? Twenty two minutes is a little half an hour show, so yeah, pretty
1: quick to go through too. Yeah,
0: it's it's and once you really get into it, just like any streaming show, it's hard to just kind of stop watching. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I've been watching is, uh, Rob- Mr. Robot. Of course, I I haven't seen the latest episode, but I saw the first two, and I know we briefly touched over the first episode on our last pod. But uh, second episode, wow, a lot happens. A lot happens there. A lot uh, happens in that. Yeah. They, too. <laughs> <She doesn't know. laughs> they really catch you off guard in, in this show, but uh, I'm really liking it. Ray Malik is awesome. The rest of the cast is is also really good. Te- definitely check it out. Again, it's uh, on USA on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. I think it's 10, 10 o'clock. Or 10 actually, p.m. Yeah. yeah. It's really late, Um, but uh, very good show. Very, very good show. And of course, I've been watching my Star Wars Rebels, which I just caught up on, and I am very saddened still that this is the last season, because already these four episodes that they just released are just incredible. And as a Rogue One truther... <laughs> True- because, I know those that's a thing, okay. Well, there's a lot of people that shit on Rogue One in my group of friends that you know, don't really consider it a really strong Star Wars movie. And I think it really is.
1: I think it's a and good movie. Yeah. if
0: you watch rebels, I think it'll, it may help you. It may sway you into liking rogue one a lot more. There's the, just the way that the show within the last four seasons connects the original trilogy and rogue one is phenomenal. And they're doing a great job at filling in some of the gaps in the storylines and, just adding more depth to uh, some existing characters, uh, like Mon Mothma, like Saw, Gerrera, Saw Gerrera. Just, it's it's really great. I don't know what you guys think of it, but I, I think it's great. And I think it's funny you say that too, because I was actually talking to my wife about the uh,
1: different Star Wars films and telling her about Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars series. And um, she had actually told me, out of everything she's seen so far, she actually thinks Star Wars uh, Rogue
0: One is uh, her favorite Star Wars film? Well, truth be told, yeah. it's mine. Really? Yeah. Come on, give me all the shit you want, but it is—it's definitely my favorite right right now. James's that's face
1: is turning a little red right now. I know. I know James dangerous. really wants
0: to chime in and say something. <laughs> it's um, it, again—that's my my okay. opinion. Hey, <laughs> every everyone else has their own favorite. I know. Empire Strikes Back. Don't get me wrong. That movie is fucking legit. All right. Yeah. Imperial Walkers, come on. Anyway, yeah, that's what I've been watching.
1: Cool. Uh, Nabil, what have you been watching? I honestly haven't been able to watch much. It's been a busy couple of weeks for me, but I have been able to catch up to a lot of shows that everybody else <laughs> has been watching. So uh, I was able to to catch up on The Flash, which is... Uh, the first, the first episode was wasn't the best, but um, actually, I like the most recent episode about the the luck thing. It was. Uh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah it, it was different than what they usually do. I don't know if you've been watching. The Wait, Flash which myself. season is this? This is season four. I want to say.
0: Okay, I think I'm one season behind, but that's fine.
1: Yeah, uh, it's if like, you're watching it's three Netflix, three or four. Once again, <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's either three or four. It's whatever the newest one. Feel yeah. feel free to call us out. But it is... Um, oh, I should tell you, if you do want to watch uh, the CW shows, you actually don't need a subscription to watch it on the CW app. So you can be current and watch those shows on there. Really? hmm You just download okay. the app and you can watch it right there. Yeah. It does have
0: ads, but they're not yeah. too bad. No, it's fine. Yeah, but
1: You don't need a subscription to watch, to catch up on all the new shows, DC Legends, Arrow, all that.
0: Be, because I know that... Cartoon Network did the same for Rick and Morty but they only release they release them in blocks. Right. So is it like kind No, of the same it's thing?
1: it's they keep the last like five, five episodes, episodes I, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, and there's there are only four episodes in, in all the season so you'd be fine to catch up cuz mm. I just did. <laughs> that's how I did it.
0: Okay. Um I will I still need to finish the one the current one that's on uh, Netflix right now. So, catch up on and that. And I also need to finish watching Legends of Tomorrow,
1: <laughs> which I haven't seen the most recent one that's next on my list, but I did watch um, like the first three episodes and it's, it's different what they're doing with the storyline. I don't know if I like it yet or I don't because they're the whole time travel thing seems like they're forcing themselves to continue with the time travel. It's like, Oh no, yeah. they got to fix everything yeah. from season two. So I'm, I don't know if I like how they're approaching this yet. Um, I liked how I loved season two. I thought it was the best out of all the shows that I've seen. It's hard. Because I agree. Season two of uh, Legends of Tomorrow was all about the uh, Legion of Doom. That's why. Yeah. Which was such a good like setup that I think I agree with you on this one. It se- the whole time like bureau thing is
0: like, I get oh, it, yeah, James. Yeah, yeah. I need to catch up. You I need will to catch
1: up. Yeah. I'm trying not to say too much so so it doesn't spoil it for anybody who doesn't see it, including Marco. But um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not like I know I can tell you can tell they're trying to build up to some big evil thing that's gonna happen, but I just don't like how they're building up to it so far. So maybe it'll get better, hopefully. Um the show isn't disappointed yet. So it's not the worst, you know, episodes ever, but it's just taking its time to get to where it wants to go, it looks yeah. like. Um, outside of that, the new show that I've seen is um is on Netflix called Mindhunters. Um and I don't know if I had brought this up before to you guys, but this is basically a show about the FBI in um, the late sixties, early seventies. Um, Truman, uh, not Truman, um the F- who was the head of FBI? Um Oh, God. Why don't I know his name? I, so you're showing a bit. I, I, I know. I know you're talking about the movie the with him with of Leo Leonardo right Leonardo now. DiCaprio, um, J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover. I was going to say Hoover, but I didn't want to say No, you're like right. The man that That's made the vacuum? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's. Not, oh, I had to think about it too. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck was that Hoover? <laughs> he's, uh, he, the it's vacuum? It's about guy. three years after he um, uh, left the Bureau. And. They're basically trying to reinvent themselves everybody pretty much hates the fbi um, and they're trying to um, find new avenues into doing police work um, and one one group specifically is uh, in charge of behavioral science and um, they've been interviewing serial killers that are in jail and trying to get into their mind and have them kind of share their thought process and what they did and why and trying to build that whole psychological division where essentially in the mind of serial killer what a serial killer would do you know not having the conventional thoughts of oh this guy killed this person because he was lusting after her or he killed her you know because, so you would say else. it's sort of mind hunter exactly all <laughs> uh, a, it's I'll a I'll silence
0: of the lambs where and they're interviewing funny
1: enough it's a david fincher uh series it's yep. directed really? by him and written by him um he is he doesn't direct all the episodes but i, I know i've seen like the First five or six, and he's directed the first three of them. Um, it's actually really well done. Is there a I, scene with the midget like going backwards in time with midget <laughs> playing his show? Like, Twin Peets. <laughs> <laughs> Not as oh, trippy. Shit. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh my god! I just, I just <laughs> wanted to tell because man, David Fincher can go from one fucking spectrum to the next. You're like, man, I don't it's know what the crazy. Fuck I'm real quick,
0: I heard it's really you know, good though. I've heard but my I heard. I good. thought uh, Twin Peaks. I thought that was David Lynch though.
1: Yep, you're right. Oh. <laughs> shit well lots of david's in here
0: then the midget thing killed me though so i I I like that you understood the
1: reference (laughs) if you're if you're looking especially for halloween if you're looking for something that's not just like a slasher film or you're trying not to get something that's uh too gory uh this is a psychological thriller for sure so definitely uh even if you like that kind of era um and looking at the 70s uh, early I, I thought 60s, it was like a good. from the sound of it when I first saw the like the trailer, I thought it was like a sci-fi kind of thing or like a not based in reality kind of show. No, it's definitely based on a true story, <laughs> yeah. but um, I would say it's probably maybe not. It's probably more loosely based, if any. Dramatically, yeah, it's a dra- yeah. it's it's a dramatization for sure. Yeah, I have to check it out. Yeah, um, but uh, that's all I've been watching. I haven't seen any uh, new movies, unfortunately, yet. Well, other than the movie, the movie <laughs> review, <laughs> <we're gonna laughs> yeah, review um, of course. Yeah, awesome. Let's move on to uh, a couple little news items here, guys. What's in
0: the news?
1: All right, so we have a quick little announcement here Marco wants to tell everybody. Okay, so big news. What
0: happened, Marco? I'm excited. What's this about? Guys, guess what? You're having a baby. (laughs) No, but it's just as exciting because I'm going to treat it like my baby. I just signed up for Movie Pass. Congratulations. Oh I'm going to jump off the porch. I'll be right back. <laughs> I am officially a VIP member with you guys.
1: Well, well let's not blow our load yet.
0: Yeah, We let's don't know make when you're you really sure you get it. that goddamn <laughs> card first. It took us a while. Uh, from what I heard, though, I
1: think it's quicker now. Well, I'm sure they fixed out all the issues of, you know, the hundreds of
0: thousands of people subscribing all at once. Yeah, so yeah.
1: I know your email says five to seven business days. You might actually get it.
0: Which hopefully we'll we'll see cool. if the holidays don't delay it.
1: Yeah, and I'm assuming more and more people keep signing up for this thing. So I would know, make a, would make a good holiday yeah. gift too for someone. And these yeah. guys are getting a lot of money all of a sudden too. So I'm sure they're going to start upgrading things and apps. And hopefully, like the plan is the way that they expected it. Come like
0: January or February. Yeah, half of the people won't be using it, but still paying for it. The email was somewhere along the lines like, "Good news, we're not going to take your money yet." Oh, that's good. That we give you your card. They, yeah. Which They're is good. They took my money. They took mine right away. Bitches. Yeah, so
1: good stuff, Marco. Yeah.
0: What I wanted to talk about is uh, the new Justice League movie that's coming out. Yes. Uh, apparently, it's tracking to open at anywhere between $110 and $120 million, which is less than Batman v Superman, which was at $166 million, Um, and less than Suicide Squad, which was... One hundred and thirty-three point seven million, but still ahead of Wonder Woman, which grossed at one hundred three point three million. So opening weekend, yeah. What do you What do you guys What do you guys think about that?
1: Well, I think that's surprising since they only just released the tickets available for pre-order, which I still don't understand when you got Star Wars like three months ahead. So one ten to one twenty million. I think that they're. I don't know. They kind of lowered their expectations, didn't they?
0: Yeah. Well, again, because why didn't they do the pre-order sooner?
1: ah star wars i think wars that's it as well yeah
0: like i dude i not sure it'd man. be it'd be very stupid to compete against star wars you don't have to do the same week as star wars you can do well, it well it's like not coming out the later. same week i mean yeah i know
1: ticket wise maybe you're right marco maybe they like people only it was two weeks pretty much two weeks from now two weeks before yeah. the movie right? Yeah,
0: because oh, dude people are so still weird. right now they're still talking about buying their tickets for the last jedi and I'm yeah, looking though. at them like, uh, good luck. You're <laughs> yeah, probably going to see right. it in 2018. It's so. like, if you haven't
1: got your tickets for the opening like two days, like, yeah, you're they're not going to see it, it on a Tuesday yeah, yeah. And, like, three
0: weeks later. You gonna, you're probably going to see that bootleg version. But, yeah, dude, I think they're being smart because of the fact that their projections before have been way off, with the exception of Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman was better than they thought. Yeah, what they yeah thought ex- exactly. So they're... I think that's better for them to market it that way and and not really exceed their expectations like that. I mean, it's, especially with the way people feel about DC right now, everyone's kind of 50-50 on this yeah. movie. And as excited as I am, and I know in a previous episode, I said that this is like the movie that I think is going to be like phenomenal this year. Even I'm still a bit like 50-50 on it. I'm just like, I'm hoping you know, I'm crossing my fingers that they got it right. Maybe Joss Whedon is, you know, the movie whisperer, and he's <laughs> able to salvage some life from well, this shit
1: show. I think they've done a good job of it, and I hope to God that it's just that they've done a good job of hiding Superman in the film, and he isn't going to show up at, like, the last two minutes of the movie, because I'd be really upset about that as well. The movie's also shorter than all these Really short, too. yeah, which is going to mention. two hours still, which is not... Super short. Compared to the rest of the films though. All, it is the shortest one in the DC universe, so I don't know. Does that mean they trimmed a lot off of it? Or well, I'm they're, sure
0: they trimmed a lot. And they are probably not gonna have a lot of like long shot of visuals of stuff going on that's not really moving the plot along, which Zack Snyder tends to do a lot. Just as marks. beautiful as the shots look, it's like, okay, dude, let's let's get to the main storyline. You know? Gotcha. But um, you know what? I think it's, I think it's smart. Um I'm hoping that they make that goal. I'm hoping that they exceed that goal, and that fucking yeah. people, you know, support the DC universe. Yeah, a week before Thanksgiving, so anything can really happen too. Yeah. So, um, another
1: news here: Vin Diesel. He revealed that director Justin Lin will be back to direct Fast and Furious nine and ten. Um, so Justin Lin directed the um, all the movies Tokyo Drift through uh, Fast 6, Six, yeah, which I think is. I think he got the ch- he did basically t- three four five six yeah right? I was yeah. like Tokyo That's- Drift I like four was terrible five was when it like really well, four, up steam. but four is the one that brought it back
0: yeah it was I, bad but I,
1: five was a good
0: one I skipped four and I saw Fast Five I think fast but I fell I fell asleep one. like halfway in between it was really late when I started to watch it so. Fast Five I think is the best one the best but one I, overall yeah I like I like Tokyo Drift though Tokyo I really Drift's enjoyed that right, one yeah. it's different yeah. from I'm them.
1: actually yeah. I'm excited for that because even though James Wan did a pretty good job with seven and eight. God damn, there's too many of uh, these movies, bro. I mean, 8 was okay. Eight eight was a bit okay. over the top, even I more so. I think 7 actually was really good. Is that like the one the with the
0: rubber bullet scene?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think yeah, so. It actually is. Yeah. Damn, these they movies blur after yeah. a while. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just a little info on him coming back. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, they're always fun, no matter what. And they're popcorn flicks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And they didn't do too bad with... Um, Oh, God. you going to reveal a spoiler? I don't remember his name. Paul Walker? <laughs> Walker? Oh, my God. Oh, man. I knew where he was going. <laughs> uh, the fucking one guy, the white dude, I don't who's know. in every movie but the last one. The the one non-minority in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did pretty good without him in
0: it and trying to revamp everything and keep the family. So, without him... To a like point. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the movies are self-aware. They know what they're there for. You I know. think. I mean, it should be fine, especially yeah. if this guy continues the series. So, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, Also, James Mangold,
1: uh, he's the director of Logan. You might have heard of the movie. Which movie? Logan. I don't
0: know 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 what you're talking about.
1: Well, you'll probably hear that now he's working on a script for a Logan spinoff with the uh, nice little cute X-23 girl. What? Yeah, the one that's uh, so adorable and also will slit your throat. Yeah. Yeah. It's not greenlit or anything yet, but he's working on it, so... I think that's cool because she actually was really good. She though, was. I don't know if they would do like a kid one or like well, later on in life. Her, maybe be older. But yeah. I'd like to see what happens in that world because they kind of just set it up to like there's a new set of mutants
0: out there now. Yeah, it's just up air. Gone, you know. mm-hmm. So like, that'd be interesting to see. Do they establish a new academy and then start training more mutants and building a oh, sanctuary? It's kind of like what? a post-apocalyptic world yeah, almost yeah. in a way. Yeah. more so now
1: not not quite i guess but i mean like it kind of right.
0: left like those kids kind of like unified yeah and by the yeah. way spoilers if you haven't seen logan like skip ahead like a few minutes but yeah like at the end like everyone's together and like it seems like they're gonna they journey you
1: know. together so it's like yeah. yeah i wonder what happened you
0: know although i think it ends perfectly if they never do a spinoff I i'm not gonna find that yeah. that is true like part of me wants them not to and the other part of me is like you know bill it's curious and it's like i'm I'd like, mm, if like they do it, they I'd like be it.
1: to be a time jump. I don't want it to be like, oh, like a few months afterwards or something and picking up. I want it to be like, here's like five years later, 10 years later. Uh, True. And see what's
0: going on now. Because Lo- Logan to me is like a damn near perfect film. Oh, yeah. Me. Same here. That's so. easy
1: top 10 this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, the last little thing here
0: the Venom movie is
1: officially in production, guys. Is it really? Yeah.
0: No. There's a photo shit?
1: of it, man. Tom Hardy just chilling. So Tom Hardy's going to be Eddie Brock. And it's kind of like an anti-hero movie where yeah. Venom is the bad guy, but we're rooting for him. They, they have <laughs> that in the comics. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. They, they, Naboo know knows more about yeah, Spider-Man than us. I, I mean, know. if you don't know about, like, what happens with Venom outside of the symbiote saga with uh, uh, Spider-Man, he eventually becomes kind of like an anti-hero. Like, he understands the symbiotes kept controlling him, and he eventually learns how to take control of it. And he just, he's kind of like a Deadpool you know, he works as a mercenary, but for the government. But I don't know. I I'm, I love Tom Hardy, and I like Venom a lot. But because Spider-Man isn't really a part of it, as far as we know, I don't know how excited I am about it, because I always like the clash of Spider-Man and Venom. So I don't know how they're going to do this down a long I film. think he could still show up in the movie, actually, from yeah. what they're saying. Because Sony... it's like weird. The, the, now, Tom, man. the Tom
0: Holland Spider-Man?
1: Yes, show the Tom up. Holland could show up in this one, because technically Sony be still awesome. has... The rights to show Spider-Man anytime they want because they're letting Marvel borrow Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, so, be, yeah, that's true. So they're,
1: it's weird the contract for this one. So they're being really hush hush, or the rumor is, like I said before, is like this actually might be part of the Marvel universe. And the universe is all and right. they're gonna like flip it on you. But like, check it out. That would be that would be guys. interesting. But
0: yeah. I would love to see. Tom, Tom Hardy, dope, he, he, yeah, he oh, can yeah, immerse himself sure. into any role. He can just be anybody. You won't even recognize him. saying
1: Bane, so. and now he's gonna be Venom.
0: It's like, come on. I would like
1: <laughs> if it, if the storyline includes uh, Venom and Carnage, which is the other like psychopath. Uh, Carnage, Sibia, yeah, he's in it too. That that might be more interesting because I've seen um, how that plays out, and that's um, probably a way more interesting. I think story. James said that he's yeah. gonna be in it, so that yeah, might be a really in. good. That's if, um, um, if they play it right. God, they announced the guy too. Did they? Yeah, it's a uh, Riz Ahmed from. Rogue One and the Night of from HBO. Yeah. We'll no be shit, I like that. He was also uh, one of the boyfriends and girls. Fun fact. Really? <laughs> he mm-hmm. was. Don't ask me how I know that. But <laughs> okay. Riz Ahmed. I don't know. It's as Carnage. I mean, Carnage is. I don't remember. He's um, like Riz He's like yeah. He's not. <laughs> mean, Carnage mean, he's not is Tidecast. not a minority first job. Yeah, he's a, he's a white ginger.
0: Yeah. You know, no, so, it doesn't matter. I think. But like, I guess it wouldn't kind of make role. a difference. He's a great so. actor, so. Yeah, yeah I think he can carry that role pretty well. I hope he does well. Yeah, depends on the script, but we'll see. Mm It could go
1: either way. I'm 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 casually optimistic toward it. Once again, we won't know until we see even because the photo they showed is just them chilling like in a room. Like, hey, we're gonna film a scene. Yeah, awesome. That's our news for the week here. Moving on, we got some Halloween movie recommendations. So we decided here to recommend since Hall- by the time this podcast is uploaded, it should be either a day before or on Halloween night. Spooky! So give a listen while you're trick or treating. Um,
0: the bill is so scaring were, me. Yeah. Please put your shirt back on. <laughs>
1: uh, we wanted to give people like a just like a kind of a recommendation of a film that's good to either watch leading up to Halloween or on Halloween because. There's a ton of scary movies. Sometimes you just want to know which one to watch. Um, and for the most part, these are films that are relatively new to us that we've just kind of seen recently. So it's not like something that we watch every single year. It's kind of like a new discovery. Uh, Nabil, what, what's the one that you wanted to bring up? Well, I watched a film actually recently um, on Netflix. Um, it's a Stephen King short. It's based off a Stephen King short story called 1922. Um, and... Uh, this isn't really a spoiler. It's in the trailer and in the synopsis, but I'll, I'm going to tell you what it is just in case you're worried. You know, maybe not listen to it, but basically a rancher conspires to murder his wife. Um, for a financial gain, he wants to keep his farm that he has, um, and he convinces his teenage son to help in the act. Um, and that's really the whole premise of the story. It's the, f- the first half of the movie is not even like probably the first third of the movie is is the conspiring of the murder. And then the last two-thirds is the aftermath and how the son and the father are dealing with it. It stars with Thomas Jane, uh, Neil McDonough, uh, Molly Parker from House of Cards, um, and is directed by Zach Hilditch. Now, the movie is not like a slasher. It's not very gory. It's not. Um, it doesn't have a lot of jump scares. It's a very slow burn and it starts very slow. Uh, but it's kind of it sets a tone in the movie where it's just very it's very creepy and and thomas jane plays the the farmer who you would think sounds the way he talks is slow but he's actually really conniving and uh, manipulative um and he does a really good job doing that like he 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 kind of just he has a very simple vernacular he talks very slow um but you can tell everything's thought out and planned uh, exactly the way he wants it to happen. It's it's very creepy overall. now it's not again. It's not like a jump-scare thing But you get to see the act of the murder and that's pretty <laughs> intense um, And then you get to see um, kind of the way they try to deal with that murder. It's very um, It's it's an interesting family Interesting family dynamic between the father and the son because he essentially does it for the son is what he's saying but um, it, it actually ends up, you know, the, the son's like 14 years old, so Jeez. he doesn't really know how to process that. So a lot of emotions come out of that. It's definitely worth a watch if you like kind of the, the slow, quiet burns. Um, as long as you can deal with it, it, it does start out slow, and I know a lot of people might get turned off within the first 20 minutes and say, I don't know where this is going, but it's really worth it, the way the story goes. It's just a really good story overall. So it's more like a
0: thriller then. Yeah,
1: it's, it really is, but there's some horror aspects. As, you know, right. you get to see the murder. There is, there's some things that happen with the wife after the fact that... Um, can amp up a little bit of the creepiness. Um, there's a recurring thing about rats in there that's really creepy.
0: Um, rats are
1: always scary. Yeah, rats, especially these rats. These rats are crazy. Um, and there's a little bit of blood that happens. So um, I tell you, one of my favorite scenes is near the end where something happens to the father and the son, and um, he starts being told about what's going on with the son at the time. Um, I don't want to. It's it's kind of a spoiler, so I don't reveal too much. But it kind of goes over what happens um, with the son at that time, and you can see the emotion of Thomas Jane, where he's he's very sad and also like frightened and doesn't want to deal with what's going on. Um, and it's it's really creepy the whole time, but also you really feel for him, even though yeah. um, the situation you shouldn't really feel bad for him. Um, but definitely worth worth a watch. It was uh, again not not. For anybody who's just looking for just a straight out scare, it is a film that kind of makes you think about it and you can relate to it really well. But
0: it's definitely worth a lot. And you know, Th- Thomas Jane is also, like I think he's a little bit underrated. He's actually a really good actor. Like, yeah, I, I like his I stuff. Like, every time, like, he's also um, in one of my favorite shows that I'll talk about later when it comes back called The Expanse. And uh, he's incredible in that as well, too. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's always been good.
1: I've, everything I've seen of him, I've always really enjoyed. Honestly, like, the first big film i seen him in was uh, the original Punisher with uh, with uh, John Travolta as a bad you guy. mean the second Punisher? Yeah. Is that the second Punisher? Yeah, Dolph
0: Lundgren, <laughs> man. Dolph is the original. Come on, dude. One. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: right, Dolph that was the second one. I must one. break you. That's I right. Like, I Get I the, the fuck out of here with that shit, But um, I really like Thomas Jane as a Punisher, and I've always kind of liked everything he's done ever since I've kind of watched a lot of his films. Same. Um, but... So I always think he's kind of underrated as an actor. He, he, he does really good as a character actor. Awesome. So that's streaming on Netflix right now that's as That's well? on Netflix
0: now, yeah. Awesome.
1: Uh, one more movie to add to the queue. Uh, what about you, Marco? What's uh, one you'd recommend people give uh, a look out for?
0: Uh, one that I would also recommend is kind of more like a psychological thriller also. Um, it's, it's a 2016 movie called Hush, and it's basically about a, a deaf writer – who uh, retreats into the woods to live there in peace and all of a sudden finds herself fighting for her life when an unknown mass killer appears at her window and starts, like, stalking her, basically. And it's interesting because of the fact that their main character, played by uh, Kate Siegel, is deaf. And so, like, she, like, during her scenes, like, you don't... Like hear anything, you're just like visually like seeing it from her perspective. That's creepy. And it, yeah, it's it's super creepy yeah. and, and tense because it gives you a sense of what that situation is, and you feel really like like as if you're in that situation. Um, it also stars John Gallagher Jr., who is from Ten Cloverfield Lane, and uh, Michael Trucco, who uh, played Samuel Anders from. The re-envisioned Battlestar Galactica for fans who fans of that show, but um, basically the the, ma- the majority of the movie is Kate Siegel and and John Gallagher Jr. pretty much like s- stalking her in a kind of like Mike Myers type mask, oh. and it's it's yeah. fucking creepy because like just out of nowhere he'll appear like at a window or just like you know around the house and he's he, like he's well aware that she's deaf and is using that against her. To figure and, out even more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah. There's
0: not, I mean, there's not a lot of gore. It's, it's not a gory movie. It's not really a slasher movie. It's, but it really is more like a psychological thriller because those are the type that I like. They're really getting your head. Um, and one specific scene that kind of sticks out for me um, is uh, when, The main character, like Kate Siegel, who's her name is Maddie in the movie, is like at her computer, and then all of a sudden, like the 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 dude's like right there behind behind her. her. Yeah, Yeah, he's right behind her, and it's just like, oh, holy shit! Like I really jumped at that scene. (laughs) But um, definitely check it out. It's streaming on Netflix, and if you're a fan of psychological thrillers and you're not looking for something like too gory or slashery, then give this one a shot. It's, it's very like the cinematography is great. Um, I definitely enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Also, I, I really enjoyed that film too. I watched it last year when it first came out and it's really, it's really well done. Mike Flanagan, a game I know, you yeah, know, Mike Flanagan, <laughs> again, is director of that one. He also did Gerald's game, which I talked about last time. Another one I would highly recommend. Um, he, yeah, that guy's super up and coming. Like, Makes some really solid horror films. So. Yeah,
0: I'll definitely check out his other stuff because I I really enjoyed this one. Might be a good Halloween film. But, so, uh, yeah. James, what about you? What do you recommend for this Halloween? Uh, the movie that I recommend here is Scout's Guide
1: to the Zombie Apocalypse, which came out in 2015. It is streaming on Amazon Prime. And like I, I talked to Nabil earlier about it, it's a movie I've had on my queue for like yeah, two years, time. man. <laughs> and I was out. like, man, you know what? I'm going to watch this shit finally. Uh, Director is Chris Landon. He also did Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, which came out in 2014. And also the new movie, Happy Death Day, which just came out. About a girl that is like a groundhog-esque kind of situation where she keeps getting murdered. Um, The movie stars Ty Sheridan, who was probably most well-known for the movie Mud uh, with Matthew McConaughey. That's a good movie. And he's also the new Cyclops in the X-Men Apocalypse movie. And also the new uh, Dark Phoenix movie coming up. He'll be in that one, too. Uh, he plays a guy named Ben. Uh, Logan Miller plays his friend Carter, and Joey Morgan plays his friend Augie. The other two are pretty much kind of unknown actors. Uh, it's about it's it's a horror comedy, so it's actually <laughs> pretty funny at times. It even has, um, even though it's like super over-the-top gore in it, it's still somewhat hilarious in a way. Kind of like, like Zombieland? Kind of, yeah. It's gross-out humor, too. Like, adults rated R, so. Oh, that's nice. It's basically these three guys they are, like, in the Scouts, which is basically, like, the Boy Scouts. And Augie is, like, their best friend, and he's, like, the one that's super into it. But uh, Ben and Carter are the two that are, like, we got to get out of here. They're tired of getting picked on. They never get invited to parties. It's in high school, you know, and all this <laughs> shit like that. they just on the Scouts. Yeah. So they're, like, we're going to tell them. the night is the- They're going to tell them, basically, hey, we're going to quit, right? Because they got finally invited to their first party. And during that time, though, the zombie apocalypse happens.
0: (laughs) Because, of course.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, basically, it's all three of them using their survival skills and, like, traversing through the city to survive in the night. And um, it's actually really well done. Like, the effects on it, the zombies look really, like, creepy and gory, and people are getting torn apart. And I enjoyed it overall. I actually, I'm glad I actually checked it out eventually. It's definitely one of those more lighthearted kind of horror films, because it's not I don't think it's actually scary. Scary, you <laughs> know what I mean, because it's, it's still, just trying to be funny. It's, yeah. like, it's like a fun, it's, like a, it's, the, a fun it's movie. like a Shaun of the Dead in a way. Yeah, you know? that's how I would probably say it is. But um, I'd recommend anybody, any obviously not for kids, but any adults if you want to watch something that's funny and that has a mix of horror, and if you like zombie films, it's definitely a movie to check out. Awesome. Yeah. So those are three pretty solid. Um, horror slash thriller slash psychological thriller films (laughs) to check out for Halloween. Something scary. Something scary. Something something different. uh, Yeah, everything's a mix of it here, which is a nice. We had a nice little mixture of kind of everything there. You don't
0: always have to torture yourself like we did watching Friday the 13th movies. Although if you want to. They are fun.
1: Take that dive. Not (laughs) me, though.
0: Take that dive, Nabil. I'll let you guys do that for me.
1: (laughs) That's why we won't let you play the game with us. That's <laughs> the reason why. All right. So, coming up here is our review of Only the Brave. So, the IMDb summary of this film is based on the true story of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, a group of elite firefighters. That risk everything to protect a town from a historic wildfire. It is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who directed Tron Legacy back in 2010, and Oblivion in 2013, the Tom Cruise film. It is starring the big the big headliners on this one is Josh Brolin is Eric Marsh. Jeff Bridges is Dwayne Steinbrink. Miles Teller is Brendan McDonough. Jennifer Conley is Eric's wife, Amanda, and Taylor Kitsch is Christopher
0: McKenzie. Uh, what did you guys think about this? Let's start with uh, Marco. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a great dedication to the, like the brave heroes of uh, this Hot Shot crew and uh, showing uh, all their accomplishments while they were, were like together in Arizona. And I thought that the movie just depicted it really well. Great cinematic shots as well. Yeah. Um, the score was pretty cool. Um, just overall good, good film. I mean, it's. Um, it's <laughs> it's kind of a somber tale. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a happy tale, but uh, I would I would uh, I would recommend it. And uh, what about you, Nabil? I liked the film a lot.
1: Uh, it did not go the direction I thought it was gonna go. Um, I so, mean, yeah, same yeah. Here. It was it was good, and I I figured it would get a little you know like you said somber, but wow, it turned <laughs> later on in the movie. But I really think that one of my favorite things about the film is. It, it shows what, you know, these firefighters do, these, specifically these elite groups, the hotshots, um, and what they really have to go through to um, become a hotshot, how they take out these fires. I mean, we just had these uh, fires nearby where we lived. Um, yeah. And yeah. you could tell, you, you seeing this is very timely. It kind of made me... More aware of what our firefighters have to do to stop these and put these out, and they put their lives at risk all the time. I'd say, yeah, much bigger appreciation for what these absolutely men and definitely.
0: And, and for those of you who don't know, Hotshots—they're an elite group of uh, wildland firefighters that travel throughout the country uh, to put out these huge, major fires. And uh, a lot of those crews, like, were around here in California yeah. when we were when they were battling um, the Atlas Fire that was terrorizing Napa and Solano County. So big kudos to them.
1: Yeah. yeah, And uh, the big deal with the Granite Mountain hotshots is that they were the first non-federally funded yeah. uh, hotshots group. So they were a municipality. So city funded them. City funded. Mm-hmm. And they were one of the top, uh, like the elite of elite of firefighters Yeah, for uh, saving thousands of homes and lives and um, thousands and thousands of acres of a uh, forest and land and everything. And I think that, um, Part of the film too is what what they really did well. Um, outside of showing what they had to go through, um, it showed how they bonded. I think they they gave a lot of people a lot of screen time. And usually, when you see a film like this, you get one or two people. And they did focus on a couple of characters, but I really think they gave everybody who uh, at least a reason to be a part of the crew. And gave them enough screen time to show that they were like a family.
0: Yeah, I agree. It it really showed like their brotherhood and how close they were together. And like you said in the bill, they were it's essentially it we're just one big family. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed the film. Firefighter movies are kind of hit or miss for me. So sometimes they're too too dramatic, I think. And sometimes they just get corny, I guess. I don't sometimes. know. <laughs> it just depends on it. But um hey, overall, hey, I,
0: hey, backdraft was awesome, okay? No,
1: I like backdraft. I think ladder 49 was probably too. Dramatic. That's the one we're talking about. That was like, that okay, was over, We it was get dramatic, it. Yeah. but a it wasn't bit. a bad film. Still, it's just yeah. it's a tearjerker. Like, but this one, I I really liked. Um, like the main character, Brendan, played by um, Miles Teller. I thought he did a really good job because I liked seeing his character development from going from like a crackhead basically, and like yeah. him maturing and. Becoming the man that he's supposed to become. Proving himself to the rest of the unit. Yeah, he's proven himself. And even though at the end of the film he's still very uncertain of what he's going to do, he definitely has changed from the beginning of the film to the end. And it's because of the guidance of um, Josh Brolin's character, Eric, gives him a chance finally to join up. even Because he sees a lot of Brendan in him. And I, I really enjoyed those parts, actually. Because you really feel for... Eric himself holds back so much in the movie. And you can tell that there's a lot more to his story and it's it's kind of his interactions with his wife playing. He doesn't really talk Comey. his
0: feelings out. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: Don, definitely not. He doesn't right. even know how to express himself. He yeah. gets, there's moments where he's breaking chairs and shit, you know? And I don't know. I liked I like that they, they hash it out and it's slowly revealed like, oh, and then you then you learn more about Eric's past and it and it makes more sense. Yeah. But yeah,
0: I really I, liked it. I like Taylor Kitsch because he didn't curse this fucking movie.
1: Oh, yeah, he definitely did not curse this movie. He was yeah. a good character you for it. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. His interactions with Brendan, from enemy to like best friends, is
0: super touching, too. Yeah, I like that arc, too. Yeah, I lot. liked it a lot. The fact that he, de- he developed as well. And Yeah, you see, he was you such you a hard ass change, to him. Yeah. yeah. He's and a then, fucking dick to him. Man. Yeah. And then they just become like, <laughs> fuck his shoes up. Best fucking friends. Yeah, and then the
1: scene with his daughter where he, you see, like, they both don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. They're, he's he's almost like the comedic, like, relief to China, take you away briefly and be like, okay, I know this is a super serious movie, but there's two guys trying to... Like, he bought him fucking Dayquil. Right. He, yeah. Like, did he buy anything? He like, bought much? the
0: whole fucking pharmacy, basically. He's like, I don't
1: know. He's like, where have you been? Like, I <laughs> just got what I could. Yeah, he's all panicking and shit. But, um... No, it was a solid film, man. I really liked it. Like you said, too, the camaraderie ship between the guys. I think it's really well done. Absolutely. Because you see it from the, the get-go, from the beginning. It's through pretty much Brendan's eyes that you yeah. see it happen. And his journey of, like, he has, like, a fucking stupid friend. But then eventually, like, it seems like everyone's against him and they want him to quit. But then they take him in. And then eventually, even through events and stuff happens to him, you see that they start caring for him. And I, it, it works out really well in this film. Yeah. I guess we're gonna jump right into spoilers here because there's, you know, that's kind of the elephant in the room for this one.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But um, if you're into like these types of movies, if if you like true event type of movies, definitely give this one a chance. It's still out in theaters, um, and it's it's a great way to show appreciation of what these firefighters go through and what they have to battle when they're essentially dropped. Literally in hell. I mean, when you see these, the flames and these fires in the film, I mean, it's it's just, it's quite a view. So uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's You get a great story about some uh, real-life
1: heroes. It's a really great movie. So jumping right into spoilers. All right, so we're back here for the spoilers section. I just want to start with Nabil here. Nabil, so were you aware of the outcome of how this movie was going to end? Um, so we'll just say now that 19. Uh, pretty much everyone. Yeah, 19 perishes. of the 20 firefighters died. Um, I did not know that. I knew I did know that some of them did die. I was uh, aware of that because um, I had read that. But I was not aware that pretty much all of them died except for one. Um, so that was a big uh, shock right there. Um it was very sad to see the whole thing play out. Um, and then as, as actually James told me, uh, we were talking about it after the film, um, what happened after that happened. And you, you had to see the emotions of the family, the wives, um, you know, that your children, their friends and go through that. So that was really hard to watch, but I think it did pay really good respect. To those members, um, the firefighters and their families, um, to show what they had to go through and what they may have gone through um, during their last moments, and being able to
0: experience some in some way the emotion that the family had to go through as well.
1: Mark, it, were you aware of it?
0: Uh, yeah. No, I I went in blind also because I didn't want anything that spoiled. I I figured that some of them or you know a couple of them were going to perish, but I, I had no idea it was basically the whole company that just Went you know the that, that parish during the fire, and that it would be just uh, Brandon, uh Miles Teller's character, Brandon McDonough, that ended up surviving, and that was a huge shocker for me too. Like when it happened, just like Nabil was saying, I had like an oh shit moment, and it was it was pretty tough, man. When you like you're seeing them kind of like scrambling there to uh, get get prepared to deploy their shelters oh, and and try man. to survive the the flames that are racing at them at immense speeds like dude it, it, like i'm going to lie man i like it was hard not to kind of choke up in that moment dude and and when the rescue teams finally come and they just you know see the you know what's left it it was just kind of it was tough dude it was really rough and uh, i i read up that um a lot of the dialogue with the communication when they were
1: that's what uh, I, when they was thinking, were talking, I was about.
0: Like, is that the exact dialogue? Yeah, when they were the they got the transcripts from the radio communications and they they used them verbatim oh, nice. from from what they were doing as far as like what they how they prepared bef, you know before the flames came to them like they're not really sure like what happened they just used you know their best guess based on their training but um, all the dialogue from from when they were battling the fire was taken from the radio transcripts and it was man it was it was just a tough scene to watch.
1: No, I agree. I I, I went in pretty. I went blind, too. I didn't want to read up on it. Sometimes the historical ones I always read up, and then it ruins the movie for me. Because I'm like, oh, this is before they die. Yeah. Or this is after they die. But uh, it seemed like everybody else I talked to knew about this. Like, I brought it to my mom. She's like, oh, yeah, about those firefighters that died? I'm like, what? Or maybe they just assumed because it's a firefighter film. Like, Somebody every firefighter right film I've ever seen, people die in it. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a story if something eventful didn't happen, right? They could have just beating the worst fire in the world, but okay. Uh, and I kind of wished it would happen that way. I was like, yeah. please survive. You kind of yeah, feel for you them. Because you, like you know what? Throughout the film, you actually start liking every one of these fuckers, yeah. man. Yep. You're like, these are guys are my homies. What the fuck? And then you see them pretty much preparing themselves to die at the end. Yeah. And it's like heart-wrenching, you know? And then yeah. the scenes with Miles Teller getting the call to find out that it's 19 bodies they find and none of his friends have survived is like crazy hard
0: happened, yeah Right? Uh, yeah miles teller like got that scene so well perfect man he's yeah. just
1: a mess and then the scene also where they're waiting at the gymnasium That's to because to, the the wives have all heard that um one person has survived and they're like oh it could be my husband it could be mine and no one knows because they're not going to tell anyone and then when brendan walks through it's just like they all realize they're like fuck you know everyone's dead Yep, and that that's a rough scene. The fact that they show you the actual aftermath and the reactions of the wives is super rough on this film, and I think it adds the emotional drama. Yeah, that shows you like, hey, this is this is not just rough for the the men doing this; is you know, their families
0: are affected too. You know, so. even uh, Jennifer Connelly when she gets the call, um, and she's always been a great actress, but man, like when she steps out of the barn and she's just like in utter distraught, like I, I was like, wow, like this again, like really, really tough scene. Yeah. It gets really
1: emotional the whole time. And you feel like it's hard not to, to feel their pain because you just, you just kind of imagine if that happened to you and, you know, especially like, like again, like James had said, being inside that the cafeteria, wherever they were, the stadium where uh, they find out that, People, the person that survived is not their loved one. Yeah. Um. Just imagine being in that room and just hearing everybody break down at the same time. Like just thinking about that. Yeah. Um, that's just, it, 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 gets it's, yeah, it's rough. Like going through like a somewhat similar experience, it's really rough when someone asks you questions leading up to something that they know about already. Yeah. And you being on the tail end of that, it's probably the hardest feeling, especially in your gut. You have like a, like that's a premonition. Like, yeah, the, you're like, I hope they're not here to tell me this. And as they're asking you more questions and you realizing that, fuck, they're here to tell me this. Yeah. Yep. And I could I could relate to that. So that's why I think the last scene for me was probably the toughest to watch. Yeah. But um, flipping on it, what did you guys not like about the movie? Well, something that it lacked, maybe. Um, the only thing I didn't like was the concept of time in that film. Same here. Because um, <laughs> at the very end of the film, it shows that this whole time period is from two thousand eight to two thousand thirteen. Thirteen, thirteen, and they do show you time jumps. You say a year here, nine months there, but I don't think the time jumps are really relative. I think to the it's actually format. shortened. In yeah, I the think the it's shortened
0: because they make it sound like it's only nine months. Right. Yeah, uh, and I, I did read also that the the, the time jumps also weren't as Accurate right. too. Uh, some of the fires uh, leading up to the the big the big fire where they all perished, like some of those were a little bit out of order as well too. I could see that. Um, yeah. But I think that that also kind of helped add to the confusion as far as like, okay, how, how much further is this? is like like nine months, two years. I'm not sure because his daughter seemed the same. At the yeah, Oh, well, she still looks which is young. which
1: is what was the thing was throwing out because you're using the daughter as a point of reference because you, she just gets yeah. a little older. Um, and they're celebrating birthdays here and there. So it's like... Um, Maybe two years. Time. Yeah. Like at even the at the
0: end, end, like when he's going to the tree to visit, you know... And that's the, the time to like, three years later. She, like right. she still doesn't seem like that much older. No, I was there. like, she's like, five uh, for real? Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I <laughs> she looks more like three or four, which she should be like a little bit older. But mm-hmm. okay. I mean... Uh,
1: but that was only... That was really the only thing I didn't like about the film um, was that it just seemed like a jump. Yeah. You couldn't really get a concept of how far it is, especially at the end where it's like it's my last season. A fire season, and it's like, wait. So is this the first season? Is your last season, or have you been doing? Oh, it We've been five doing seasons? it for a while. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that's
0: where I got a little confused on. And well, uh, one other thing. This is kind of like after watching the film, reading up on it. I guess there's a scene where um, Miles, yeah, Miles Teller's character gets written by a rattlesnake. I guess that never really happened. Oh, really? Yeah. They, I really, think they
1: just added that. Too. No,
0: like what really what really happened is he had a bad flu and was still recovering from it I guess when um, when the fight like the that's, big fire happened they had so, to have
1: something to be like oh he's not as strong as the rest of us so that's yeah, why he went yeah he so they say added that oh, kind of to like sense. to
0: add more drama to it, but really it was like he was still like getting better from the flu I see and stuff and of course like dealing with like flames and Damn. smoke and stuff it's, you do save that
1: dude's life dude. I know. yeah that's crazy.
0: I mean, the rattlesnake scene does add a lot more depth to it, but I, I mean, thought it though. yeah, was funny like, though. Yeah, He's like, really. <laughs> Taylor Kitsch is like, Taylor? we hunted that fucker for forty five <laughs> yeah. minutes. Or, remember that? Game of the
1: tail. I like that scene still. I was like, that's cool. And Same, it, he just sets throws, it he just throws
0: the, the rattle at, at, at him too. <laughs>
1: yeah. it shows the bomb. Um, one thing I didn't like, other than what the time jumps, I thought were a little weird too. Um, I still wish the relationship between Brennan and Eric was a little more hashed out. Yeah, I feel like outside of the beginning of the film where he gives him a chance and then at the end where he is literally like fuck you man I give you a chance no one's gonna hire you you're a junkie right I wish they kind of flushed like out like just a little more yeah. it was a next day resolution yeah the next bro. day he's yeah. like hey sorry about that bro yeah. I was like oh man I wish I was kind of like a little more dramatic would have been cool but like it makes up for it by the end after the deaths and All you right. see how much he actually did care for him. And you know, I
0: I hate to spill it also, but that argument never happened either. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm I'm not shocked if it did Yeah, like because dramatization. It, uh, yeah, he uh because uh M- the real guy, Brandon McDonough, wrote a book and that's what they based this off of oh, okay. as well too, or what they used as reference. He supported them like right off what he tells him the next day that he supports them, he'll do anything to help him. That's exactly what he told him oh, that okay. night. So they just added a little bit of drama like to a spice cool it up, time. but but yeah, I do agree that um, I think they they probably could have showed his mentorship a little bit more to show like how he helped develop how Eric helped develop Brandon a little bit more. And I think
1: that relates back to what Nabil's saying with with the lack of the direction of the time jumps. It's hard to tell how long he actually was under Eric's wing, yeah. Right? Because it seems like it's just like, well, he's there for like nine months and he changed his entire life. Yeah, but Basically. obviously we know it's hashed out a lot bigger than that yeah
0: they're definitely a family for a much longer period of time yeah you see more of a development between him and Christopher McKenzie played by Taylor Kitsch more than you see yeah Brandon their Eric. yeah
1: because yeah. they, they become pretty good buddies yeah um so guys overall last thoughts on this and who do you'd recommend it to um I think that overall it's a great film. It's probably one of the better films that... Was um, it better than you thought it was going to be? Developed? Yeah, way better be. Because I know you I came in kind of like... Eh. I was like half in. I was like, oh, it's going to be good. But, you know, some of these, like James said, kind of get a little corny and, and a little preachy sometimes. Yeah. But this is definitely not that kind of film. You like it from the beginning. Um, the opening gets a little weird, but they add meaning to it like right away. So it all yeah. makes sense. It of the bear, really well, on the fire. bear on fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, they give you no direction. They don't tell you anything about that. <laughs> and then eventually, there's a meaning behind it. It's like, oh, now I get oh, it. it. It's his emotion, right? <laughs> so it's really, it's uh, really well done. Very good um, movie about firefighters. Pays really good tribute to them. Um, I recommend it for anybody, um, any any family, um, any age. It's 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 a movie that you should watch. It, it'll give you a good. Uh, it'll probably change your perspective on what the firefighters do when they put out these big massive fires around the
0: country. I, I agree. Um, I recommend this movie to almost anybody as well too. Um, it's great. It's a solid movie and um, kind of like Nabil as well. I expected the movie to be like a little heavy-handed and you know not not as because most movies that take that take place on on re- about real events like are over o- Yeah, a little over dramatized. Yeah, yeah. But um, but this one it, I think is very well done. Um, and I. I liked it a lot. It's not, again, the most cheerful movie, um, but I would say definitely
1: check it out. I agree with you guys, too. I'm glad we watched a really solid one here. Um, I probably if I hadn't seen this, I probably wouldn't know about these guys. And Same. I think yeah. even just seeing the photos of it at the end and seeing how young most of these guys were, were. really young. Like, even uh, Josh Brolin's character is like 40-something. A lot of these guys were like 22, yeah. 23. It's like, fuck, man. And it's like will I ever attain like an achievement of like these guys of how heroic they are? And it gives you a different perspective. Right. You know? Even like knowing like the history
0: of the fact that it was one of the biggest loss of firefighters since September nine eleven Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, like that, right? like I had no idea about that. No, and I mean, that's,
1: that's why I'm saying, I think you should go out and check this film to anybody that these guys story deserves to be told. And I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, it's something that I'll, I'll hold dear to me and I'll, uh, I'll always remember something like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So overall, that's our review of Only the Brave. Little pygmy up there, <laughs> yeah. Right before Halloween. Halloween, yeah. <laughs> Great Halloween film, guys. <laughs> Once again, guys, that's the end of our podcast uh, number nine here in the books. So thank Woof. you. We, we appreciate all the feedback, all the reviews. Uh, Marco, how do they? Can they reach us on Twitter and Facebook?
0: Uh, check us out on Facebook at. Facebook.com slash MoviePalsPod. And you can also check us out on Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Feel free to leave us a review or any recommendation for topics that we can discuss. We'll give you a quick shout out. Um, and most of all, just just say hi, man. Yeah. We're pretty friendly people for the most part. Except,
1: well, Nabil. Oh, God. Nabil, you sure. <laughs> God damn it. Not again. It's hot, okay? It is pretty hot. Okay. So next, we're actually, this is kind of weird, guys. We're going to have a new episode next week, actually. By the time you hear this, the next episode is about seven days away because I'm going away for a while so i wanted to make sure because our next film is going to be thor ragnarok yes and that's kind of a big one and and james is basically our production guy who does all the editing so without him we really don't have anything to post
0: exactly we're also don't, getting a little sick and tired of him so we're sending him away yeah, don't refill about so. god damn it <laughs> yeah. um
1: so yeah i'll be back by the time justice league comes out so we're just gonna hit a bunch of fucking superhero films That's our plan. It's it's the season, guys. (laughs) It's time. uh, Just get ready for it. Actually, with that Justice League one, we'll have our final Studio Ghibli film, too. Yeah. Um, So the next one, like we said, it's going to be Thor Ragnarok. You're going to hear that a little sooner than later. Give us some feedback on that if you like that. I'm guaranteeing you that we're not going to do one every week. But hey, Mm -hmm. you never know. So until next time, guys, this is James. And Marco. And Bill. Have a good one.